in FBI. Construction. construction. You lure two rival associates to the oh. construction yard <laughs> and they fall into your trap. Oh. A pit of cement in which they oh, are doomed forever. Oh. Permanently remove them from Mike. the game. Mike, this game. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we rollin' right in this homage to great board games in Rolling Realms. Next up, we blast off to Earth orbit, to the moon, and to Mars in Rocket Men. And lastly, we battle it out between the world's most infamous crime syndicates in The Family. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis, joined by my fellow intrepid game explorers, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hey, guys. Want a game? And Mikey Grenier. Time to blast off. <laughs> Our first game up this week is Rolling Realms, designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. Published by Stonemeyer Games 2021. Number of players, one to six, ages eight and up, playtime, 30 minutes. All right, Mikey, what is in this realm's box? On the cover, we see two dicey worlds colliding in a fury of chaotic action. From frenzied birds with very particular wingspans to a tapestry of farmers between two cities swinging their little scythes. Inside, we see two custom dice, six dry erase markers, six erasers, 66 realm cards, six resource cards, six scorecards, 10 mini golf cards, and a mini golf course log. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if Rolling Realms gathers no moss, Evan, <laughs> give us a quick overview of the rules. In Rolling Realms, players compete to earn the most stars in a series of mini-games over three rounds. This is a roll-and-write game, meaning that players will write on the game components using dry erase markers, <laughs> my favorite type of roll-and-write. Each turn, one player rolls a pair of six-sided dice. All players use the dice results on their realm cards to generate resources and earn stars. After three rounds... The player with the most stars becomes the top star of the realm. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Yet, uh, very interesting, I found. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you guys played it in person. We were given a review copy by Stonemeyer Games. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the look of this game and the components? Uh, well, the first thing that hit me, actually, was the, the size of those green dice they come in. It's like, wow, it's <laughs> big and big. Monster green and blue dice. die, like in a tie-dye almost. Yeah. Oh, they oversized dice? Yes, they are. About one and a half times uh, what you would consider a regular size Yeah, die. that they land real heavy. Yeah, that makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I guess pretty cool that they're just using those two dice to do all the different functions of all the different parts of this game which is pretty neat yeah i think that's really intriguing how east no game or realm which is a, a game from stonemaier games and yeah, so nice bit of uh no, in-class advertising for them pretty cool mm. but each one is a very different puzzle to play which oh you can't put a four there you can't put a four there you used all your four i used this I understand. Uh -huh. You used it to create a four. Uh huh. But you can't put a four here because you've already put four. There is no location. legal placement of a four. I understand. 
You could use that to create a one. In yeah, order you to want to create a one? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. All right. Take your coin. So. Basically, what you're trying to do is gather resources on these different cards using the dice rolls you already have. And you're not allowed to use the same card twice. And each card plays very differently from each other card. So basically, the dice are being used in a bunch of different ways depending on the card that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. That is really great. Like, now, do you each get your own set of dice or is everybody sharing two dice? Everybody's saying the same two dice because then you can take turns rolling because everybody has to use the same result for the round. Right, which is co- mm-hmm. common among roll and write games. Yeah. Yep. Everyone and, plays. And this one's cool, too, because you're kind of able to track each round by the markings that you have on your cards. Because the first thing you do is write down the two numbers that were rolled. And then you kind of write down the resources you got and check off the spots on each card that you acquired so that you can look back on the turn and see exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's easy to uh, not get lost. Um, it, I mean... It's as easy as it could possibly be, although there are so many potential combinations of things that you can do. You could spend your turn, even with just the two things that you're doing, going, oh, man, what do I do now? Because I need to plan for what I do next. Yeah, I know what you mean, because you only got like two die results. So it's like, okay, I I rolled a four and a five. All right. Should be a pretty simple decision. But, well, hey, if I spend two hearts on this, I can duplicate that four. And then if I play these pumpkins over here, I can actually use the same card twice. Whoa! Okay, what are the possibilities? <laughs> the nice thing about this particular roll and write is that you're using dry erase. So it allows you to mark certain things, sort of feel out those dice placements, try a couple different combinations, see how it results. Don't worry. You can erase it and then make it permanent and then move on. Just be careful not to erase the old things that you wrote on there because sometimes they're close to each other. Like one kind of had this uh, sort of Tetris thing going to it where depending on what number you put in to the card, it gives you a different shaped piece that you have to draw into the big board itself on that one card. Now this is fascinating. The cards themselves say the names are titled rather. The cards themselves Mm -hmm. are titled the names of other games that exist. So all from Stonemeyer. Yep. All from Stonemeyer. So they're all Stonemeyer games. So it's sort of a repurposing of their own licensing, mm-hmm. which and is what, brilliant. Which is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's almost like a little mini market, a little mini marketing of their own other games. But it's it's always nice, I think, to see an homage to any licensed material that brings to mind its style, but repurposes that style mm-hmm. for a new thing. And that's exactly what's happening here. Do these cards remind you of the games that they are titled for? They try. I I mean, it's not like you're going to get a feel for the whole game out of these little cards. But for example, like Viticulture, you have three different wine glasses you're trying to fill with either a one and a two, a three and a four, or a five and a six. Or like Pendulum, Mm -hmm. it has three different hourglasses that you put numbers into when you roll them on your dice. To get yeah, different and resources. of course, had those hourglasses were flipping in the game. So you can't learn how to play Charter Stone playing this game. Let's <laughs> right, just put right. it that way. Yep. <laughs> but the but the card itself brings up the memory of Charter Stone in its stylizing of the rule, right? So it's sort of a yes. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. tip of the hat to that game, the yeah. puzzle that you're trying to solve. Yeah, they do their best with certain number combinations or or some of the imagery that's on the card. I love that. I love yeah. it. But but yeah, it keeps it simple still. 
Yeah. And that, this is, we're seeing that more and more across a different uh, entertainments, really, is just taking a piece of a popular entertainment of one kind or another and doing something new with it, like a mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. song on TikTok or something else. It's very cool. And I think it's a pretty cutting edge. Yeah, it's it's a great way to make the most of your intellectual properties that you already own. You might as well repurpose it and do something else with it, especially if your fans really love a certain game. Just mentioning that game could bring up good feelings for them. So I think they did a good job of that in this. <laughs> uh, the game itself has a few interesting features. Uh, so I thought the collecting of resources and then spending them was uh, was a neat aspect of this game. Because you can collect your resource, you're collecting the same types of resources on all three cards that are in front of you at any one moment. So you're trying to collect all your hearts or all your pumpkins, whatever it is, you have three cards to do that. So that was interesting. Plus, it counts tenths of a point. Mm. <laughs> so 12.8 or 14.5 could be mm-hmm. my round, my score for the round, which is not conventional. I, I rarely mm-hmm. see decimals used in scoring. Yeah. Well, a lot of games will do that in the end game where they have like your coins count towards 10 coins or one extra victory point or something like that. And that's kind of what this is doing. Your leftover resources that you earn during the round are a tenth of a point each. So every 10 resources you get at the end of the round is a full point, but they actually count the tenths. <laughs> so you could win the game by one point, like point one points. It's like no waste, which felt nice. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. And also it keeps the numbers from going too high. Like, oh, my, mm-hmm. my end score is 125. And it's still, but yet it still also encourages you to do the most with all the resources you've gathered too, which is, which is great. I thought it was a good balance. Now this game points out that it is good for simultaneous smooth in-person play or remote gaming. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. The, uh, game. What do you think about the fact that this game is designed to be able to be played remotely? Like, I imagine they're talking about rolling, one person rolls the dice and everybody can use those numbers. Doesn't matter where they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. as long as you have a copy of the game at your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, if you have a copy, you can definitely play it that way. And I, I kind of wish this was an online game as well, because keeping track of those scores and those dice rolls and stuff, even though they're all there written out, it would have been kind of nice to like check to see what your optimal scoring would be for each turn. Oh, math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, there's math. There's plenty there's math. math. Plenty yep. math yep. in this game. Well, I'm out of it, but yeah. <laughs> and I think another interesting point with the uh, playing remotely is this game was actually designed during the pandemic. That's why they were thinking in that way. And I mm-hmm. think more games are probably going to keep that in mind going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have right. to pandemic-proof our games. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many games we'll notice in the future. We'll say, hmm, that's an interesting feature, and then look up the time that it was designed in and go, oh, I understand why that feature was included yeah. in the game now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Jamie Stegmaier actually disputed the design of this game on Facebook Live. So this game is a review copy. Is it available to the public now? Yes, it is. I saw it at the local game store. Great, hmm. awesome. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Rolling Realms. Mikey? This game combines random combinations of scoring conditions, and every combo is a new puzzle to solve, which I loved, so I have to dig this up. Ed? For me, rolling right games were for a day of a last gaming. 
and this one offers wonderful puzzles and a great diversity to solve. So I'll dig this up for another chill day of gaming. Evan? Rolling Realms has a lot going for it, especially for a roll and write game. It's a very nice tip of the hat to some of the great board games that they've made in recent years. I wish some of the instructions were a little easier to figure out, but uh, that's okay. Regardless, you'll enjoy it. Dig it up. Have you played any games over Zoom during the pandemic? Let us know. We are at which game first on all social media. Hey guys, what's going on with Witch Game First? Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Witch Game First is live on all of our social media channels. You can watch us as we play a game, which we're going to review in a future episode, and you also get to participate. You get to suggest moves for us, we play trivia with you as well. It's a bunch of fun, it's interactive, and we want you to join us. It's available to everyone, both patrons and the general public. Thursday nights, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live. Check us out. Yeah, Evan's been crushing it on the trivia. I'm loving it. And just a couple of things we wanted to tell you uh, that are available from Witch Game First. One is if you want to become a patron of our show, you can go to our website and click on Become a Patron Today. It's only three bucks a month. You do get access to our live show for patrons only and then you can also catch it on recording after it is our private podcast called bonus 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 points. points And I wanted to give a shout out again for our board game design conference, which is still available, our original conference. If you're interested at all in game design, we've got the top names in the industry for this conference, like Reiner Nizia and Martin Wallace, live conference that is now available on recording. You can just go to boardgamedesignconference.com, grab a ticket, and then you'll have access to all the videos. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank guys. Our next game up this week is Rocket Men, designed by Martin Wallace. Published by Phalanx Games in 2021, the number of players 1 to 4, ages 14 and up, playtime 30 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the spacey box? The cover of the box exhibits the cold vastness of space. <laughs> with a giant moon and a tiny image of a shuttle struggling to reach its surface. Inside the box, we discover a playing board, four player boards, 68 tokens, six mission markers per player, one victory point marker per player, three booster markers per player, six achievement markers per player, a first player marker, a rocket marker, a moon marker, a Mars marker, 165 <laughs> cards. <laughs> there are there are <laughs> such things as assets, engine cards, threats, mission success cards, personal goals, game variant cards, and AI cards for the solo game. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game has the right stuff, Evan, <laughs> lift us off with the rules. That was great. <laughs> Rocket Man is a deck-building card game where the goal is to become the world's most successful spaceflight company. You will achieve this by successfully launching rockets into Earth orbit, into an orbit around the moon, and the ultimate prize, the red planet Mars. The cards are multifunctional. They act as currency or resources, sometimes both simultaneously. Most cards can also be used as mission goals, and many cards can be used as special actions. 
Use your starter deck to purchase new cards from a group of face-up community cards. That's how you build your deck. Once you have your mission in place with the correct minimum quantity of components and you've met the rocket thrust prerequisite, very important, you can then launch your mission. Once the mission is launched, draw cards from a special deck and add those components to the flight path. Hopefully, these special cards add enough oomph to get your craft to its destination. <laughs> Fingers crossed. The game end triggers in various ways, so add up the mission points, and don't forget to count your personal goal bonus points, mm -hmm. and the winner gets a ticker tape parade in the Canyon of Heroes. <laughs> the Canyon Remember of Heroes. Canyon yeah, of can Heroes. New York City. Steve Canyon. Can <laughs> <laughs> wow. Full circle. All right. So this game does have a pretty epic looking cover. Overall, what did you think of the design and look of this game? I mean, I thought it was very spacey looking. And <laughs> I like that little track that kind of goes through the, like, oh, coming from the Earth atmosphere and then getting into Earth orbit. Oh, we want to go to the moon? Oh, Mars is the farthest away point you can get to. It does look like a wave of almost like you're catching a wave of wind or something going from one place mm -hmm. to the other. Yeah, which is kind of weird to me, considering that you don't have to curve around in space <laughs> at all, usually. And there's no wind in space. So there's no wind. Bo well, no. <laughs> Both odd choices. Well, yeah. solo wind. Actually, there's a solo wind. Like, yeah, oh, okay, but, nerd. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nerd. There's a lot. There's a lot going on on the board. It's not just the space flight that your craft are going to take as you launch your missions. There's spots for the community cards that you're going to be purchasing, for the deck of cards that are special once you've launched, the uh, scoring tracker, the uh, missions that have been successfully achieved, and well, you know, one set to Earth, one, one set of those for the moon, one set of those for Mars as well. It's a busy board. Yeah. Um, which can be a little intimidating to some people. <laughs> yeah, especially compared to the cover, which is all sparse and like, you know, looks like you're all alone out there. This board, you don't feel alone. <laughs> There's stuff no, everywhere. A lot, lot going on. Mm -hmm. Now, it does look a little like it's set up for sort of taking up spaces. Uh, do other players get in your way sometimes when you're trying to navigate the board? Not really, but there are missions to complete. And the first player to complete that mission get more victory points than the others. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and on top of that, there are some uh, hidden cards that each player will have that says, be the first to this mission on that planet, that mission on that planet, etc. So, you know, you might have a secret agenda of mm -hmm. things that you want to race to before mm. the other players get there. And there are bonus points for being the first player to complete a mission to the moon and the first player to com complete a mission to Mars. Mm -hmm, because those missions get a lot harder and it's all really based on how much rocket boost that you have to get there and what cards that you pull out of a kind of random deck to see yeah. how far each stage of your mission goes. It's it's you need resources. Yes, you can launch with a minimum amount of resources, but then you're being heavily dependent on that random draw of the, from that deck of cards. You want to make sure you have enough resources. And yeah, it takes more money and more time. That's the thing. It's a push-pull against time mm -hmm. because you want to be the first mm -hmm. to these places. But at the same time, you want to ensure <laughs> that you don't have to abort your mission <laughs> right, at the right, right. same time. So make sure you think you have enough resources and you've spent enough time and money and effort to make that launch successful. 
Try launching the mission again. Do it, Ed. One, two. I have faith in you. All right, this time it should work. The fourth time has to win. Fourth time's the charm. (gasps) No! God, one, two. Who shuffled this? Are you on three or two? You need six to get success, so you need two threes or a four and a two. Nope, abort. This, that's time. brutal. That is harsh, Ed. That is Mikey S. When when Ed says he hates the randomizer, this is exactly <laughs> this is why that. Ed hates the random. He yeah, prepared as best he possibly could for that mission, and he, he still cannot get no off chance. this mission. And even if you think you have enough time and effort and resources to sign up, <laughs> you still might not get there. Poor oh, Ed. Oh, that was rough. That was really What was rough. it, five times for one one? Yeah, trying one, one type mission of to mission. mission. Yeah, it was yeah. at least four. I don't know if it was actually five, but yeah. It was like four attempts in a row that ended up in failure. You had to abort yeah. each time. Yeah, so kind of what you're doing is is you're building a deck, right, with the cards that you buy off of the side. And it has boosters and things to, like, mitigate your pulls from the deck and stuff like that. But as you are preparing for the mission, you're paying some of your resources to take cards out of your deck to stack into that, like, launch pad area. So whenever you feel like, oh, it's time for the mission, I got enough stuff in the launch pad. I have enough rocket boosters. I have enough stuff that I think is going to mitigate my pulls from the deck. Let's go. And you get three pulls out of the random number generator deck. If you're going to Earth orbit, it's three, yes. For for Earth, three, four for the moon, and five for for Mars. Right. And as Mm -hmm. you pull them, they stay out of the deck until, you know, you're done with your mission. Um, And if you abort, uh, you can, you'll you'll kind of knock out one of those cards from your platform for each card. Yeah. Yeah, for each card that you drew past the first one you'll have to lose one of the cards out of your launch pad and just put it back in your deck and have to play it back out again before you can use it but if the mission fails outright mm-hmm. and you don't abort but you don't make it that's yeah. worse yeah you lose <laughs> yeah everything in your launch pad is scrapped and you have the to whole, rebuild the whole rocket start from scratch martin wallace <laughs> of course, <laughs> he 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 paid he made you pay the taxes on the back end for this game for sure. Yeah, it sounds like these missions are super expensive when you think they about it, which be, they yeah. would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mostly. I mean, as a game function, it's only turns and time. But yeah, mm-hmm. when you look at what you put on the side, like oh, I bought three solid rocket boosters and some kind of like oxygen deprivator. I don't know what they are. You know, I can't remember the names <laughs> of all the cars. <laughs> uh, but, but it's interesting that you put it to the side in your launch pad area and you still can go through the rest of your deck. There's mm-hmm. kind of a way to thin your deck to buy stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I use that much to my advantage. Mikey loves thinning his deck. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love thinning the deck out. And uh, this this game was made for tailoring your deck to do certain things because you could pull cards right out of your deck and use them there were a couple cards that were kind of like backseat driver-ish they're worth victory points <laughs> so i don't want you to know get the wrong idea but they do they don't do anything else but give you victory points at the end of the game so mm-hmm. you know you don't want to clog your deck up with too many of those things right but uh, it's interesting that the threats in the game that's what they're called yeah, no, you buy them and they just give you victory points. They're a threat. That's all they do. They give you victory points, which sounds like a good thing to have for a threat, but <laughs> yeah. it's clogging the deck. I think the victory comes from you clearing the threat, not for it, like, you know, holding on to the threat and threatening people. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, is it the first player to 20 victory points be- begins the final round? Is that right, Ed? I believe there are a couple different endings, but yes. 
that mm-hmm. one way to get there. The point being, Celeste, is that this isn't a game where you go to 197 points, right? Right. It triggers within reason. I see that. Yeah, I see that on the edge of the board. It only goes to 30. Yep. Um, yeah, and you don't even have to play to 30. There's different right. modes where you can play to 20 or 30. Yeah, that is nice for newer players mm-hmm. to not have to be mired down in some massive you yeah. know, lifelong mission to Mars. Mm. <laughs> One thing I noticed that was kind of dragging me down a little bit in this game was that I didn't feel like there were enough ways to mitigate failure or mitigate the deck that you're drawing from. And it was pretty harsh. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, Ed knows. (laughs) I mean, he tried everything, you know what I mean? But there's such small incremental things that give you just like a plus one on the total round when you're needing 15 total points or something like that. Oh, but they tempt you. Martin tempted you by this board design. You know, this is in a way brilliant, but at the same time cunning and a little evil. Insidious. Insidious. Insidious, yeah. He puts the number of different types of cards out on the board. In other words, Celeste, there's (laughs) four cards that will give you a boost of four. There's three, you know, six cards will give you a boost of three, but there's two cards to give you one and six cards to give you zero something some spread like that yeah, yeah. so you're doing this calculation in your head you <laughs> mm-hmm. know and it's it's that gambler sort of oh, part yeah. of your brain yeah. fires up and kicks in like okay if i draw one more card i have these possibilities it could be this it could be uh-huh. that <laughs> so it's, tem- it's very tempting left that could possibly kill me now <sighs> ed's, right. uh, ed's usually lucky with that stuff he was unlucky yeah. here well, he did not pick well. Very no, very no, he didn't. No. I, I even had a card to help me stack the deck. It's like, okay, <laughs> you use this card, and you get to look at the top three cards, and use Peak. any one of them you want. It's your first card. Uh-huh. Peek and choose. Yep. Peek and choose. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yep. As much, as much as Ed tried, though, like those cards were definitely slapping him in the face. But there's uh, zeros but I, in I, there. I, find, I managed to find a zero in each of those times. Oh, yeah. Uh. And, and when you get a zero, it really sets you back. Like when you look oh, at what else is oh, left. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, it's rough because... It, the good thing is the one you know sunny spot in all of that though is that you can see what's left and you can tell my odds are so far stacked against me about halfway through like you draw zero and a one you're and you abort. Go, I you abort and you don't lose everything so you know yeah. it could be worse <laughs> yeah yeah because you need an average of like just over two to make it there and your range is from zero to four so you're like eh, i could probably make it with a what a plus two bonus to my roll yeah, right. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Rocket Men. Evan? Rocket Men's a good deck builder game, and once you get hold of the iconography, it takes on a faster pace. Um, while some people may dislike the randomness of that booster deck, I found it to be a cautious reminder. It should really be well prepared before making a launch attempt in both the game and in real life. Dig it up. Ed? Martin Wallace made a nice looking and plain deck builder out of the race to space. And I love this theme. But the success of the mission did feel a little random to me. Mm-hmm. But that might be just my <laughs> luck. And I'm willing to shock up that bad luck to the sacrifice of Space exploration, so I'll dig this up for another go. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Mike? It's tough to find a deck building game that I don't like. But so, I may be a little biased here, I don't know. <laughs> but the randomness was a bit oppressive in this one. Despite that, I'll still probably play it again, because it was pretty fun, and I, I love the theme, so I'll dig it up. 
how much preparation would you make before drawing from the pick bag? Let <laughs> us know. We are at which game first. Our last game up this week is The Family. Designed <laughs> by Tom Kent, published by Mayfly Games. Kickstarter coming this March in 2022. Number of players, two to four, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 10. I like ye. To 30 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in what's in the box. The cover of the box evokes memories of a popular mob film featuring a silhouette of a gun and the familiar feeling of white font splattered with blood over a stark black backdrop. Oh, forget oh. about it. Inside the case, we find a six-sided die, eight location cards, four family cards, a jail card, a hospital card, four very special action cards, and a deck full of snitches, FBI agents, criminal associates, jailbreaks, recovery cards, and trips to the hospital. And that's what's in the box. I like how the... I like... Oh, wait. Sorry. There's rules. Before... Before we tell you, before we tell you if this game makes us an offer we can't refuse, Evan, <laughs> while you're still here with us, tell us the rules. On this, the day of our daughter's wedding. <laughs> yes, Don DeAngelis. <laughs> oh no! <don't. laughs> Maybe we'll cut that. <laughs> all, right, all right, clean start. <clears throat> The Family is a card game where you are a crime boss, the leader of an infamous syndicate, and you are looking to take out the competition. On your turn, draw a card or several cards based on the number of your gang members that are in play at one of the eight community location cards. Each gang has a home base, so it's best for you to maintain control of your base if you can. If you want to take over a rival's base or any other location, just move your gang members to that spot and have more than your opponent. Send their members to the hospital and claim the territory. Each card drawn is a resource, such as a gang member, or an action. Just read the card and follow the instructions. The winner is the last gang standing, which reinforces the age-old edict. Crime does pay. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, so... The family. Was this a um, review copy that we got? Yes, it is. Uh, we got it from the designer. I like how I like how the game is 10 to 30 minutes, probably based on, hey, you know, it all could end very quickly if you make yeah, mistakes. Could. Yeah, absolutely. Is that right, Mike? Oh, absolutely. This game could... You could be out of the game before you play. And did that happen to any of us? Almost. I was out in round two. <laughs> not quite, I was yeah, out not in round quite, two. But close. No, it could happen, though. Yes. <laughs> it could potentially happen. Yep. Yeah. Evan draws a card that knocks another family, two of another family members out. Ed draws a card that knocks two other family members out. I'm eliminated. Done. That could happen. But well, indeed, actually, there's one card out there that puts everybody in the hospital. Yep. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Jeez. Everybody. Boop, you went to the mattresses and nobody came out okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so you're kind of, uh, you have a little card that's your family card, and that's a kind of like your reserve troops. And those are the ones you're going to move to the city in different locations. Oh, because they're based on different crime families like Mexican cartel, Yeah, like cartel, the pizza shop Yakuza, is the family. Right, exactly. Mafia. Yeah, I was the okay. Mexican cartel and mine was the uh, the laundry, the Mexican laundry, I guess. Uh, laundrette. 
the laundrette. You got it. Yep. And then there's the pizza shop for the Italian family, and yep. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for the East End gangsters to the bookmakers. That's right. England got got yeah. to tip their hat into this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. International. Oh, be... definitely international. Yep. I, I feel mm-hmm. like it could be cool, but like, I don't know. The <laughs> locations didn't really have any flavor to them as far as what they did, which was basically half the locations did nothing. Okay, so the laundrette right. isn't any different than the casino, or is it different? Does it behave differently? Uh, not really. Um, each of the uh, first four locations that are the home bases for your mob family, mm-hmm. you need to have that home base in order to do any of their special abilities. And then the other locations are just other locations. And the more other locations you have, the better your CAC is. Can your right. home get? Can your home base get trashed or removed? Oh, yeah. oh it yes. Can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and it yeah, did. So- Torched with a Molotov cocktail <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the easy way to do it is to take one more of your family members than they have on the space and put it there, and that knocks the other person to the hospital. Mm. The associates, yep. Yep, the associates, right. Yeah, the, we're calling them associates. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that's that's the way to take over a territory is to put one more than is already there on that territory. Or a, certain cards will knock people off of the spaces or move people around a little bit. They sure will because, hey, time for me to draw my card. Oh, the FBI showed up. Mm-hmm. Now, there goes yep. half of my uh, operation. Yep, that was jail. my turn one for mm-hmm. me. Oh, brutal. <laughs> And if you don't have any associates on your own family card, then you're vulnerable to be attacked and taken out of the game. Yay, jailbreak. Jailbreak. Two. Two Whoa. Boy, those Yakuza's have All great right. lawyers, I, I gotta guess say. That's that. They do have good lawyers. <laughs> now I, I don't have no one in jail. I have plenty, plenty of people are out. Oh, Mike, here you go. <laughs> they're out of jail now. Oh, good. Because they're, they're running no free in Mexico yeah, now. Right. Yeah, so you're moving them from your family card to the locations to be able to do stuff. And for some reason, the Yakuza starts off with two more family members than everybody else. That's their, yes, that's their perk. Each family has some kind of perk, Mm -hmm. either that gets uh, unleashed during the course of the game or starting off the game. And in the case of the Yakuza, they started with all five, which is the maximum you can have people in their starting position. So, Ed, how are battles resolved? Oh, it's a roll-off. Take 1d6 each and roll them off and see who got the best roll. That's it? Yep. That's it. What That's do you it. think about that? Ah. One, 1d6 is pretty lame to roll. Well, the, and the tie goes to the defending family? Defending player, yeah. the yeah. tie goes to defending. But there's never any way to add more d6s, but you do get a bonus on the roll for how many more people you have on the location than the other person. Well, you have to own more, uh, at least two other locations, and then you can add a plus one to your die roll. Yeah, so the best you can do is plus one on your die roll, and you're rolling no. a d6. Yeah, yeah, it encourages uh, conflict and combat, basically. It's a little bit of a steamroller effect, though, because, you know, you're not able to replenish your family members as quickly as they can all go off of the location if you lose the roll. So if I have, you know... If somebody attacks my location. Uh-huh. Cascades. Yeah, it cascades right. really quickly. Yeah, and, and, and it can, it gets worse. So you think the roll-offs are bad. The uh-huh. deck is pretty random. So it's like, yeah, I need more associates. So you got to get those by going to the card deck. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can flip over the card deck and find out the FBI just raided and put everybody Oof. in jail. Oh. Right. Yep. Yep. Lots of FBI cards there, I'm saying. S- yeah, straight game over if you pull one, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's also the there's also snitches, and then there's 
other people can draw cards that they use against you. So on your turn, you could draw a card that hurts you. On other people's turn, they could draw a card that hurts you. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's a lot of hurt and not a lot of help. <laughs> well, hey, man, life of crime is not easy. And I like how it sort of seems to be representative of a vignette, like almost just like a scene rather than an epic mm-hmm. story of a, of an entire like life span of a mob family. It yeah. seems to be like, oh, you know, this scene's over, so that's it. This game's done. Let's try again. Yeah, it's like a month-long yeah. war rather than like a, you know, 10 years of your family going yeah. to yeah. the next generation situation. Right. I do think the game is designed to be a fast, brutal game. Yes, fast. Mm-hmm. Fast-paced. No I doubt mean, that, about it. that is a saving grace with a game that has elimination to at least make it fast so you're not sitting there for 45 minutes waiting to play again. No way. 10 minutes, according to the box. <laughs> it could be. It definitely could be 10 minutes, too. Once you know the rules, it's very easy to understand what's happening in this game. Um, as far as the look of the game goes, you know, it is a basic sort of game. But for what it is, uh, the cards are clean, easy to read. Uh, they're outlined with a bold color, which sort of makes, you know, that uh, just easier on on the eyes and for playing aesthetics um there's not too there's not so much going on that you get confused by much or bogged down with much i thought so i thought overall it was pretty clean yeah and it fits in a very small box yeah the the shape of the box is cool it reminded me of like a gun case so it was like you know that part of the feel and plus using that font and color and everything graphic design of the cover is genius definitely no doubt oh yeah and if it's uh it's also shelf smart Ed, is that what you're saying? Small? Yeah, it's a small. It's, 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 for for a game this light, it's nice that it's like a, a small package. It's just like a couple uh, decks of cards next to each other. It's the size of the game. Ed, are you suggesting it's good for family trips? <laughs> uh, it's good well, for the family. For the family, the yes. Family <laughs> we're just going on a trip. Car. Nothing to worry about. Yes, <laughs> we're going out to the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> take a look at the Fort Nature. Yeah, let's go right. see the lions at the zoo. Leave the gun. Take the family game. It'll be fine. <laughs> We're going out on a boat. <laughs> you first. <laughs> okay, explorers. It's time to dig up or bury the family. Ed. The game offers a fast-playing battle of dice to the last man standing, and it was easy to play once we figured out how to play. Uh, I can really appreciate what they're, they're going here with the aesthetic. Unfortunately, the player elimination style game just isn't my cup of tea. So I'm going to bury it with the fishes and take that cannoli. Ah. Mike? There wasn't really a point in which I felt connected to the theme in this game. The location seemed kind of irrelevant, and the elimination was hopelessly devoid of agency. I hate to say that because I really wanted to like this game, but unfortunately I'm going to have to bury it. Evan? Well, the family's a relatively quick game, and I would pretty much call it a warm-up game for board game night. It's good for that, very, very much so. The swinginess of it takes away much of the strategy-building aspect, so it becomes more of an exercise than just playing card effects and rolling dice. I'm going to have to bury it. So, would you take the gun or would you take the cannoli? Let us know. We are at which game first on all social media. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. So explorers, reach out to us. Give us a chat. Reach out to us on Discord. We're there all the time. 
Uh, don't forget to go to our website if you want to become a sponsor. It's only $3 a month. It really helps us keep the lights on and gives you access to bonus content like our exclusive patron-only podcast called... Bonus Points. Points. Bonus Points. <laughs> Happy Gaming Explorers. We are family. I got all my gangsters with me. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream at your bad luck. Ah! <laughs> all this over a slice of gabagool. And that was the family. Let's that get some immediate comments on the uh, now. From First from the winner, Ed, congratulations. And how are you feeling about your victory right now? Surprise. Yes, I thought I was down for most of the game, kicked in the groin several times. And then somehow, while the Lakuta wasn't looking, I stabbed him in the back. Now let's uh, get get from one of the runner-ups of the game, Mike Grenier, who was out pretty early in the game. Mike, you must be feeling bitter disappointment at this time. It basically, life kicked me in the groin, and then when it came back to my turn, it kicked me in the groin again, and then I was eliminated from life. Well, you heard it here first from two different players, groin kicks all around. Skip Deason signing out from the family. Where's my drink?